0: Hey, it's just me, Paula Boundstone. I want to tell you about a headgum podcast I think you're going to love. Fake the Nation with Nagin Farsad, which I've done a few times now. So much fun. You may know Nagin from her TED Talk, from NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, or her book, How to Make White People Laugh. On Fake the Nation, Nagin and a rotating cast of her funniest, smartest, and most politically astute friends, people like Samantha B, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Paula Poundstone, Larry <laughs> Wilmore, Margaret Cho, and more. Break down the news, make you laugh, think, and deliver a gut punch to humanity. Wait, do we really want to deliver a gut punch to you? I thought we wanted to uplift humanity, support, uh, (laughs) protect humanity. But apparently Nagin has gone over to the dark side. I'll tell you, I I have had so much fun doing this show. Nagin tells me that one time I role played Naomi Osaka's publicist. I don't recall that at all, (laughs) uh, but... I'm going to have to go back to that episode and listen to it because it sounds funny. Uh, Uproxx calls Fake the Nation the perfect lighthearted fit for a newsy podcast queue that needs a little levity. Meaning the news needs a little levity, <laughs> not the podcast because it is very funny subscribe now so you don't miss another episode of fake the nation airing every thursday find it on spotify apple podcasts pocket casts or and i hate this phrase wherever you listen to podcasts like none of us would (laughs) figure that out
1: Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Coming to you live from the Ray Horseman studio in North Hollywood, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. On tonight's show, writer's block. Ever had it? Blank page. Words don't come. Syllables dry up. Stuck. Mute. Mute. Silent. Nothing. That's our show for tonight. Nobody listens to all of. Oh, wait. We have someone here who can get us unblocked. Francesca Gaccio is a graduate writing coach at USC's Annenberg School of Communications. She'll tell us what to do when writers' block strikes. Speaking of something striking, sharks are out along the coast of Massachusetts. Jaws is back, and we're not talking about the movie. And we have the stunning result of Frontier Communications Contest to put down your smartphone and use a flip phone for an entire week. The results are in, and we're shocked. I'm Adam Felber, the conversational lifeguard on this show, trying to keep topics from floating out to sea. And now, please welcome the woman who talks her way beyond the boy every time Paula Poundstone! <laughs>
0: Well, thank you so much.
2: Oh, welcome, Paula. And thank you to tonight's House Band returning champion, percussionist Omar Leva. Omar, thank you for being here, man. Fantastic. With a bigger rig this time than last. Now, Paula, the pod dog is with us here at Ray Horseman Studio, and you've thoughtfully brought a squeaky toy.
0: I did. For um, him to play with. Uh, a, a listener named Stephanie Mitchell. Stephanie Mitchell. Uh, sent me this. She got a. Uh, there we go. That's nice. It's nice, nice and huh? squeaky. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, Donald Trump stuffed toy that apparently her, I, I think her cat uh, wouldn't have anything to do with. Her cat she-
2: rejected a toy.
0: Yeah. So she thought Captain Crinkle would enjoy playing with it during well, the show.
2: I, um as soon as I heard that sound, she said she would.
0: Yeah. This is um, before Captain Crinkle could talk. This was this was her first word.
2: Yeah, as a baby. <laughs> yeah, you would touch her, and that sound would come out. Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, I—I I actually, no, I didn't bring the pod puppy this week. I brought—I uh, brought my dog Sirius. Sirius, come here.
2: And Sirius come has on. become, in recent years, kind of serious.
0: Yes, he he's little. You know, he lives with a puppy, and so he's
2: exhausted all, all the time. time. Do you want he, this Donald has Trump zero Trump interest in the Trump.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's. Well,
2: give it to Captain Crinkle, and she'll make our life miserable.
0: Yeah, I'll no. Take it. I'll put, I'll yeah, put
2: <laughs> it, Bonnie says I'll take it.
0: No, he might. She, <laughs> He, no, okay, okay, he's rejected Trump.
2: He just walked away. Uh, All you know right.
0: why? Because he supports Elizabeth Warren. That's Do, why. Well,
2: dogs—the the dog vote has gone heavily Democratic and heavily for Elizabeth Warren for yeah. the last few years. So yeah, not definitely. surprising.
0: Yeah, I'm—I'm I'm really proud of uh, his politics. You know, um, you mentioned that sometimes I take a conversation. You know, sometimes I digress. Uh, I, I sometimes. Uh, yeah. I have, you Sometimes know, you search
2: for words. I
0: have a problem not talking. Yes, it's a problem that I. So I was just at. You don't not talk. I talk a lot. So I was at this convention thing for uh, public radio, for the people who raise money for public radio, and um, my boss Doug Berman said to me because I was walking through the crowd, and he said, "Okay, if you need, you know, like if you need to have someone not talk to you anymore, scratch your head, (laughs) so that I will know." And I'll come and say, "Oh, Paula, we have to go this way." You know, it's very wow. considerate of I'm him.
2: I'm guessing you didn't intentionally scratch your head. The I never night. ever
0: scratched my head, but yeah. I but I realized a lot of times people were dying to get away from me. Everybody was the,
2: else was scratching their. It head. It was the other way around. Yeah, yeah Doug was should like have a, explained that. It, it was like a every-
0: lice infestation at the. Uh, well, at I've this. been with
2: you at the end of like wait wait don't tell me shows and the autographing sessions, and yeah. and you spend I would say three hundred to four hundred percent more time per listener than I do. I just run out of things to say and you victimize them.
0: I, they are often trapped, <laughs> stunned. I always feel like a spider wrapping my... Slowly you know, wrapping I your give conversational the, web. I give them the stuff to sort of tire them out and then I begin to wrap uh, my web around them. No, no, Amazing and a lot of times people. they have to make a human chain and pull one another from right. my Oh I, I've my seen clutches. that. I've seen the audience
2: extractions uh, you know, yeah thing that they have to yeah. do.
0: Yeah. Once people realize what's going on, <laughs> then they join together as a group. Um yeah, I just thought it was funny that I it never even occurred to me to scratch my head, but I did see uh audience members and people that had wanted to take pictures of with me um sidestepping slowly away. <laughs> <laughs>
2: maybe she won't see me yeah all right so uh i want to change the subject for a second you do? Uh, your 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 dog has gone nowhere near the trump toy no where has it gone uh, bonnie has it right oh, oh no it's right here it's right oh,
0: it's it's right by my side
2: yeah you know uh, trump is one of the first presidents i'm digressing now in a long time i don't know how many years somebody should look it up um that to not have a dog there has not been a president without a dog in the oval office do you know for why a long time
0: there's they cannot get a dog yeah to spend time right. with Trump, <laughs>
2: they're going to have to put like Mike Pence in a dog suit. Yeah, <laughs>
0: they would have to like they would have to wire the White House lawn with those electric things so that right. when the dog and steps even over so, the edge, you would see yeah. buzzing dogs it walking just, down Pennsylvania Avenue. Yeah,
2: it
3: just <laughs> looks
0: bad. It looks really bad when the president can't keep a dog with him. Um,
2: um, but speaking of Pennsylvania Avenue, I'm going to segue that over to Massachusetts Avenue, which is based on the state of Massachusetts because Paula, you're heading to Massachusetts for I, a vacation. I'm
0: going to Massachusetts on um, vacation in a couple more weeks, but I got to tell you, I. Can't Keep seeing on the news yeah. that the Cape Cod waters have been invaded by gray white sharks. Now yep. I don't, don't vacation know. in don't Cape know. Cod. Don't I vacation on the North Shore, which is not
2: that close to Cape Cod.
0: It's well, it's not that far for a shark, I don't think.
2: Well, <laughs> I'm guessing the sharks are in the south part, like the Hyannis part of Cape Cod.
0: I don't. I don't know. They didn't. I and then know. they'd have to
2: swim all the way around the cape.
0: Yeah, and well, there's so
2: many tasty, tasty tourists in Martha's Vineyard. They would never make it around the horn of Provincetown. They could swim and all the way the around the like, They
0: could swim all the way around the Cape. What are you kidding me? If that's what it does. It swims and it eats. Right. That's all sharks do. Yeah. And right now, wow. they've seen apparently the movie uh, of Jaws has been re-released underwater and is inspiring. Oh, that's terrible!
2: Yeah, copycat
0: crimes. Yeah, exactly. Don't 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 don't. Well, usually when I um I go to Singing Beach in Manchester and I I swim out to the buoy multiple times on each trip. With great pride I do Manchester that Manchester by the Sea Manchester by the Sea I'm yes. going to say
2: that's so far up there That you could probably swim Without worrying about great white
0: sharks Yeah No you're you've right You've never because- really liked me that much And no. so what you're doing Is you're trying to get me I'm trying to get an to episode get- Of
2: Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone <laughs> Because she's shark food And this is my podcast <laughs> now Yeah exactly That's, that's what the yeah. title's going to be <laughs> I
0: think yeah I, I hope everyone's making note Of what's taking place right no, but now but you can swim It's fine Yeah Is this okay It's not as bad as the You know girl who encouraged her a friend to off himself, but this is damn near. Yeah, go for no a swim. It's yeah. summertime, funner yeah. yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, kick your feeties. Yeah, do, kick do, your do,
2: do, do, do Don't do, put a Band-Aid do, do. on that thing. You'll be fine.
0: Yeah, but you know, in the past when I've swam out there, you know, uh, I have a lot of friends who won't go with me, but right. maybe that has nothing to do with that. But I, uh, I have a lot of friends who are afraid to swim out to the buoy. And it's never really troubled me. But now, did you see on the CNN website the other day, they right. showed a film. And I don't know if this was a Cape Cod one or a Florida one, maybe. Um, it was uh, shot from like a drone or an airplane overhead. Mm. There were people waiting, W-A-D-I-N-G, right. waiting in the water. They were only up to the, like their thighs uh-huh. or their waist. And um, a shark swam like feet away from them, and then turned. And you couldn't tell the reaction of the people because you're seeing the tops of their heads. Right. Um, but
2: They might not have seen it.
0: They might not have seen it, but I saw it. That's my point. Well, How many times when I swim to the buoy, are there sharks coming right up near me and swimming away? Well, I'm going to
2: say maybe a lot of times. You know, I've uh, done some scuba diving. And when you get your scuba certification, they let you know that there's really only two kinds of sharks on the planet. That you really should worry about swimming there. Yeah. Unfortunately, one of those kinds is the great white. That it's will be the with you on vacation. It's the great white shark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> apparently, like seven of them have been sighted in the uh, in the area around Cape Cod. Seven individuals. Well, this is exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, but again, I think they're in the south of Cape Cod. And, right. And you and I okay, had an but argument you know what yesterday. Oh, we did yeah. have an
0: argument. Yes. It's not the first time. Um, Alright, I'll get to okay, that. Okay, you minute, know what? Ha- ha- no, because. <laughs> There's. Listen to me. There's seven sharks. Right. Okay? Yeah. And uh, apparently there's four males and three females. And so what happens is- in a minute. They pair off. Okay. Right? It, lovingly. They pair off. Uh-huh. And then that one lonely shark right. heads north. That's what happens. You're and, saying he's like a shark incel. He has no- <laughs> Yeah, he has no it, partner, uh-huh. and he loses interest in the because there's nothing worse than being with your friends when they're making out. And right. so he's it, like, you know what? I'm out of here. And they had north. I'm heading to Manchester. Yeah, I'm going to Manchester by the sea. I and hear then, it's nice there. Yeah, yeah. And then they go, they go, does anybody ever watch, is this Paula's vacation right now? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. guess that's what you're worried about. Yeah, I am yeah. worried about it. Yeah. I don't think I can swim uh, the way I used to now. Let I think me get I'm to the argument be, we were having yesterday. We were having an argument about where Jaws... Was Where Jaws takes place. Yeah, yes. and it takes place in uh, um, uh, in Massachusetts.
2: You think it's Martha's Vineyard. You think Amity Island is essentially Martha's Vineyard.
0: I think it's And what I was saying was,
2: as a Long Island boy, and you're a Massachusetts girl, yes. I was saying, no, I grew up in Long Island, and we were all really proud of the fact that Amity Island was near
0: Orient Point, or Montauk. It was a Long Island-based book, movie. It, no, here's the thing. I think the, the book was based there, but the movie was in... Uh, uh, in Massachusetts. You might be right. I, think I know book, that I'm right. I, okay,
2: um, I know that the movie was filmed up there in Massachusetts yes,
0: because that's what it's about. No, it's about Massachusetts. Long Island
2: was too crowded at that point to to shoot uh, to shoot Amity Island on Long Island. But you know what? Uh, Ken Lazebnik looked this up. Thank goodness. So here we go. Yeah, the novel establishes the fictional town of Amity on Long Island. Uh huh. Peter Benchley read about a 4,500 pound great white shark caught in Montauk by shark hunter Frank Mundus. Who inspired the book. Uh The movie. Frank Mundus. The movie doesn't identify where Amity Island is, but it was filmed on Martha's Vineyard because it was, quote, a vacation area that was lower middle class enough so that an appearance of a shark would destroy the tourist business. Carl Gottlieb wrote the screenplay.
0: I knew that Carl Gottlieb wrote the screenplay. And by the way, the movie destroyed the tourist business that year. No one went in the water that year. That's true. That was 1976 or 75. Yeah, Yeah. I remember because I was so dry. Really?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, it's yeah. going to be like that this summer. Yeah. For it you. Is.
0: Yeah. I don't know what I'm going I'm gonna... to... But I got to
2: feel like like maybe we should talk to uh, Carl Gottlieb, but it kind of feels like I'm right about this.
0: No, you're not right yeah, about this. It does. Um, I'm going to end up hula hooping. Uh, all summer as a result oh, not all summer I take that back during my week of vacation I got a hula hoop on the beach oh yeah uh, which should oh that stuff for, attracts for the, the, the bats uh, well no I was going to say for the uh, the amount of tourists that stay even though there are sharks I should probably um, drive the rest of them away by my hula hooping do you have
2: one yeah. of those whistling by hula-hoops? the way
0: it's um, it's back to front not side to side hula hooping back to front nuts back to front not side to side oh I see not okay. nuts um, back to front, not side to side. What are you What are you saying to me? Um, oh, that to make a hula hoop go, hooping.
2: you want to move your hips
0: yeah. back to front, yeah. not
2: side to side. Yeah,
0: try to stay on topic.
2: I'm. <laughs>
0: I'm really sorry. Did you think I was talking about sharks? It's I Back to front, no not side to side. No like idea. Like when honestly. you see a shark. Yeah. This, I, I was telling you shark survival methods, Adam. Yeah. When you see a shark, wiggle your hips back to front, not side to side. You know how they say that sharks,
2: if they stop swimming, they die because yeah. they drown. I feel like for you, it's talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's why like I, if I made you be quiet for like five minutes, God forbid, yeah, you die.
0: It, I just might that's why I, that's why I put the blanket over my head. Oh, in the plane, on, so you the, on the airplane, so yeah. I can just keep mumbling.
3: just keep doing that as I change
2: topics. Yeah, Paula, we have an update on the Frontier Communications contest you entered to win the privilege to turn off your smartphone for a week and only use a flip phone.
0: Tony Anita Hull has, has a an late update breaking. on the update. Yes, uh, the original update was that the day that we were supposed to find out uh, they were supposed to announce the winner had come and gone. Yes, and, and certainly you, I hadn't gotten my call the way I do on. And uh, you'd written a Pulitzer great application. Day. A great application. I wrote too. a fantastic application. You wanted application. to get a flip
2: phone and a survival kit to use no smartphones for a week. Yeah, yeah.
0: And don't you get paid? Don't you?
2: It was a one thousand dollar prize. I think.
0: What? Yeah.
2: But you didn't get it.
0: That should... I could spend $1,000 on shark repellent and, and jump in the water. And shark repellent, just, like no, in the so, first
2: scene of the uh, Batman movie from the 60s.
0: Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. So I got no response whatsoever from the frontier so phone So we assumed people. you'd lost. Naturally, we assumed I'd lost. Yeah, I was assuming even before that. Yeah. So,
2: so, but, but Tony Nita Hall has you know an what? update. Because you're
0: in the negative club. That's why. I am why. Ne-
2: negative, yes. But Tony Nita Hall has an update, which is that... Um, They got so many applications,
0: they haven't chosen a winner yet. But here's the thing. Tony called them, I guess, on their website or something that a contact. So she she contacted (laughs) them. And they had to use one of those old-fashioned crank
2: phones to answer.
0: She she spoke with them. (laughs) And they said, oh, we had so many. She said, you know, I work with Paula Poundstone. She has a podcast. She mentioned blah, blah, blah. Right. And they said, oh, well, we had so many applicants that we decided to give out more than one prize. And we haven't therefore decided yet because we had this overwhelming response. But what they didn't say was, oh, yes, we have Paula's right here.
2: No, they didn't yeah, say that. No, they didn't
0: say that. They, I don't know like if they've,
2: they've noticed that you've applied. Because yeah. I, think, I think a company like Frontier Communications, once they see that Paula Poundstone with her mighty podcast and radio reach has applied, they should understand all the cross-promotional possibilities in making oh, you the winner of this Oh, man, we're going to
0: make them somebody. Yeah. Uh, do you think... How many people do you think work at Front uh, Tony Anita Hall? Could you hear people in the background when you talked to them? I mean, did it sound, it sound like a crowded did office? Did it sound like a call center where there were tons of people, or was, or it, like was it just guy. you know, you know, Emily Line One?
2: Yeah, <laughs>
0: lots of people. There were lots of people. Like lots uh-huh. of people. So it was a humming hive of. Right, of, but it might have been business. one of those call centers
2: where they answer the phone for like multiple businesses.
0: Yeah, that it could, could have be. been one of yeah, those like yeah, yeah, you know East yeah.
2: Asian call centers where yeah. it was like. There's there's 90 people in that room and they're answering for like 150 corporations.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah right. It could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Uh, are you calling for Frontier? What is it called? Frontier Communications, f- communications or uh, Enzo
2: uh, Sardines.
0: Or um water damage restoration, right? or uh, or Enzos. I'm s- gonna let you keep sardines. Going. Yeah. <laughs> Or uh, you are a master yeah.
2: improvisationalist.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, what happens to me is ideas just flood in. Oh, uh, it's amazing. Like when your they Volkswagen goes into a lake and you know, and you're afraid to open the window because the water's just gonna flood in so much that you won't be able to get yourself out. That's that how a my brain works. Reference? No. Well, you can read a
2: room. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody cringed. I guess, yeah, honestly, I guess it's too soon 50 yeah. years ago. <laughs> our, guests, our guests
0: tonight are several members of the Kennedy family. Wow. Thank you, Adam. I
2: apologize. Hey, everybody. As longtime listeners know, when Helix Mattresses first started sponsoring our show, Bonnie Burns somehow got the drop on me and made off with the first mattress. But in the intervening years, I have gotten myself a Helix Mattress. I've had it for almost a year now, and it has improved my sleep, it has improved my life. I could not be happier. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, which I have, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, which is a mattress designed just for big and tall sleepers, and they even have mattresses made just for kids. Now, if you're like me and you were a little nervous about trying it online, or like Paula, who was screaming in fear, of buying a mattress online? Don't be. The Helix Sleep Quiz takes into account your individual sleep preference to match you and your partner with the perfect mattress. I took the quiz and I ended up with the great mattress for a side sleeper, the Helix Midnight Lux. Take my word for it, everybody. The Helix Midnight Lux.
0: Oh, don't want to take Adam's word for it. I don't blame you. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash that's helixsleep.com slash Paula, and use the code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Paula. Paula, Shh. I oh. invited you over, but <laughs> you fell asleep. Helixsleep.com slash Paula, and if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Adam! Yes? One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. And the sixth one has started a podcast. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally checked learn a language off your list with Babbel. Be a
2: better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. Don't do it. Or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. And, Paula, I got to say, I really appreciate the whole, like, getting phrases that are important to know in that language right away like how to order food how to ask for directions how to speak to merchants and yeah. i really yeah. dig more than that the speech recognition technology because even if some of our listeners think that i have a weird cadence when i am attempting to speak spanish <laughs> i am <laughs> i am speaking it well enough for the Babel app to understand what i'm saying at least when i do it right like this listen to this adios carlos
3: ya te vas
2: si sí, es tarde
3: Entonces, noches.
0: Hasta I don't think you have a weird cadence. I think it sounds great. Thank you. Studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Yikes. And their football team is fantastic. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, plus all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Is there some kind of special? Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription. Wow. But only for our listeners at babbel.com slash nobody. If I'm not mistaken, Paula, that is
2: 55% off at babbel.com slash nobody. The one spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com, and then you just add a slash and the word nobody, and it's 55% off? Yeah. Wow, rules and restrictions may apply, and if you're gonna do it anyway, use our code. Adios. Hey guys, it's Adam, and tonight is January third, and I am picking Giannis Antetokounmpo to score less than thirty-six points, and James Harden to score more than sixteen. Why? Because I like beards. Am I putting a lot of money on this? I am not, because I'm not really a gambler, but I am having a lot of fun with Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, who I would lose to, you pick more or less than two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in, or in my case, not. So I don't bet a lot. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey had a 10.5 combo of three points made, plus receptions. Do I get that? Kind of a little bit. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. So... It's like an insurance policy. Go to prizepicks.com slash nobody and use code nobody for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash nobody and use code nobody for a first deposit match of up to $100. And then drop by and see how I did with the Greek Freak and Harden again on January 3rd. My hopes are not that high. Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. Nice. all right, Let's move on then Speaking of hotel yeah. soap That reminds me of hematology Now Paula We were referenced In the Mediterranean Journal Of Hematology And Infectious Diseases uh, In fact I know, you were I was referenced you, Well P. I Poundstone was referenced was
0: it P. Poundstone Well yeah. what part of that is you You said we were referenced Well I was just uh...
2: <laughs> Yeah you're right <laughs> Got me. I tried I tried to insert myself into <laughs> hematological history and you caught me, Paula Paston. Yeah, yeah, boy. Yeah, that was a Freudian yeah. slip, I guess. Yeah, boy. Damn you, Paula, for getting the hematological attention. Anyway, uh listener Tom Dean was yeah. able to break through and figure out for us, because I guess he has referenced his journal, why you were mentioned. He referred well, us Oh
0: I was contacted by academia something, something, something that, right. that sends me emails when my name is mentioned in apparently uh, educational uh, journals of right. some sort. Right, so you were
2: mentioned in the Mediterranean Journal of Hematology. So and they
0: said that I was, right. but it turns out P. Poundstone was mentioned. Right,
2: and I, I was going to read that right here. Good. What'd they say? Here's what they said. Uh, <laughs> because we thought maybe, maybe it was you. Maybe there was yeah. something called Poundstone Syndrome.
0: Well, the other thing I thought was, you know... Um, I'm just so busy. I work so hard and I feel tired all the time. And it may be that I'm getting up at night like I'm sleepwalking Uh and doing hematology work. That's a possibility. It's
2: a (laughs) lively possibility. Because I'm exhausted. Apparently, that's not the the case. This was citation 26 in the article with the very catchy title. Forgive me, ghost of my father, but my pronunciation is going to be bad. It's called tenofovir as rescue therapy following clinical failure to lamivudine in severe acute hepatitis B.
0: Lamivudine.
2: Thank you. <laughs> wow, you, you fell asleep and said Lamavudin. Did you know that?
0: Oh, my God. I just dozed off yeah. for a second. Wow. wow. wow.
2: Well, that's t- that citation notes the work of several scientists whose two-year, quote, assessment of entacavir resistance in lamavudine refractory, Limavudin. Lama Limavudin. In refractory hepatitis B <laughs> virus patients reveals different clinical outcomes depending on the resistance substitution's presence. And one of those scientists on that ci- citated work is P. Poundstone. P. Poundstone. Yeah. Now, here's where it gets interesting for me. Yeah. When we were talking about this yesterday— you casually said something along the lines of, well, I guess that could be my sister, Patricia Poundstone, who's a molecular biologist.
0: No, she's not a molecular biologist. She's a no, she's a biochemist. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You got her confused. But
2: it's almost definitely her, because we looked it up, and that, that P. Poundstone reference is indeed a reference to
0: Patricia Poundstone. Yeah, that could be her. Now we what do you mean could be? Well, we called her Patty.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> now... Yeah.
2: I'm guessing you're not super in touch with Patty these days. No, I haven't talked to her in a while. And I don't read any of her research. Now, what's the age difference between you and Patty?
0: Well, how do you mean that? How much older <laughs> or younger than you is Patricia? She's a couple years older than me, but a ma- years. maturity wise. You're way older. I am way She's older. so immature. She's very immature. Um, but she is a biochemist. Okay. And, uh, you know, she may be keeping herself young with some of her work. Uh, it's quite possible. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it hadn't occurred to me. At first, when I got the, the thing on my email saying, you know, there's this mention of you in this journal, um, I thought for sure it was me. Uh,
2: but did it wouldn't it even have occurred to you that there's a biochemist in your family whose name is also P. Poundstone, who it might be?
0: No. <laughs> uh, I feel like I
2: met a sister of yours
0: once. No, I don't think so. No? No. You might have. An I, I don't think so. Okay. Not an ant. Okay. Ooh, I shudder. Wow. Okay. All, right. All the women on my mother's side of the family chewed snuff. So okay. So did the ant sound like this? Hey, I'm, how are you? No. Because they hold it in their mouth with their tongue. Uh, Did she say this to you? Did she say, "Adam, come give me some sugar"?
2: Wow, that's definitely not the person I met. I feel okay. like I feel like I met a relative of yours at a ping pong party about six or seven years ago.
0: No, in fact, this aunt might have been in that journal. Right. Look, I got some blood. Okay, I feel <laughs> I, look, look, see that that that's uh that's. <laughs> That's hepatitis B. Okay, so that's your snuff-chewing
2: ant with hepatitis yeah, you were just yeah. doing an impression She used of. to
0: have a big clabber girl can or a, ch- a ch- ch- chock full of nuts can that she'd spit her gross. They really did <laughs> chew snuff? Oh, it's disgusting. And then wow. she'd say, don't kick my can over. You, you didn't kick her can over. If you kicked her can over. You had to move to a new house. It was repulsive. Wow. Yeah, so she's probably in that journal. Probably it could it could have been my sister. I'm not, been sister. I'm not really sister. Okay, well, but there spe- could be another. There could be another P Poundstone. We're not the only Poundstones on the planet. You're among the only Poundstones on the planet. No, there's other Poundstones. Really? Oh, they get in touch with me all the time. Do they? Wow. Yeah. Well, speaking of hotel soap, though, um, yeah. you've been bringing up vocabulary words. What have you got I this week? I have a vocabulary word this week. Uh, let's see, uh, Badenage. Badinage, no badinage. That's badinage. Oh, badinage, yeah. Baden- oh, yeah. bullshit. <laughs> badinage. It is what you and I engage in. Yeah, badinage. All the time. Uh, is a uh, a noun, Bonnie. Uh, <laughs> that means good natured teasing or raillery uh, or banter. Well, you and me engage in raillery. Yes. Yeah, and banter. Yeah, uh, and banter. But uh, this badinage thing is really new for us. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm enjoying it though. I'm enjoying the badinage. So Isn't that you, you want to use badinage in a sentence? Um, I, I, oh darn it! Where is my sentence of it? I had one. Uh, uh
2: Ken Lizebnik is leaning forward to show you Ken, your sentence. Where is
0: my? Oh, thank you. Um,
2: <laughs> the keeper of sentences.
0: Where has, he has, has
2: taken out his voluminous um, keychain
0: and i engage in a good deal of badinage on our podcast there it, there is. it is in yeah, a sentence
2: absolutely that's fantastic yeah
0: badinage it's a great you it, it, it looks a little bit like bandage
2: it does yeah but it, it sounds a little bit like banter which is a good way to remember it
0: yeah yeah so it's like banter bandage uh, a banter uh, bandage. Yeah, <laughs> badinage. What I
2: feel like I need at the end of a podcast. Here. Oh yeah, yeah. because you're,
0: for you it's not for you it's not good natured. You come out swinging, man. Really? Yeah, your is, Whoo! Wow. You're I, I, sharp.
2: I feel like I'm having a good time, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I'm being too aggressive. No. no. All right. Well, badinage. We'll see what badinage. we can use it's that come tonight. Come up over and over again. I'm tonight. sure it is. Bat-a-nage. Also coming up, Charles Bukowski said, "Writing about writer's block is better than not writing at all." Writing coach Francesca Gaccio. Is it Gaccio? Gaccio. I got it right. Is here to talk us through writer's block. Sharpen your pencils and get ready to write when we return on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone.
3: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh Marleva.
2: This is one of my favorite house bands ever, I gotta say. Having him back, it, it's great to have you back, Omar. Um, oh, look at that, a little bit of sleigh bells. Uh, right? Yeah.
0: Paula, you're writing a book. I'm struggling to write a book. You're writing, this is your third book. It's my, th- well, it's my, well, and then I also wrote three math workbooks with my high school math teacher. So technically, yeah. it would be my sixth book.
2: If you count math workbooks, yeah. And I do. And I don't.
0: I, for each one, I wrote a little, for each, page had a little story where I created characters oh, then, for yeah. the word problems. Okay. No, it was very, well, you were thinking I was just saying like two plus two, like that was the writing. More or less. Yeah. No, yeah, no. no. no okay. I didn't really do the math part. Okay. I wrote stories. Anyways, yes. I so you're writing spanical. your
2: third or f- sixth book, depending on how you
0: score it. Let me just make this more succinct. I'm, I'm struggling to write my third book. Okay. <laughs> it took you how long to write the first book? Uh, it took me nine years to write the first book. Uh Seven years to write the second book. And uh, uh, this one, I, I don't know. I technically, I guess, I've been out for a couple of years now. Okay. Yeah. Is it that you don't
2: have the time to write it, or is that you you have trouble getting down and writing it?
0: Well, it's both. Okay. It's both. I mean, it's very. I have to really like piss around territory to finally get some time where I'm like, no, this is, a, this is the day that I'm writing.
2: And when the day that writing, uh, when the day of the writing comes, do you write?
0: Uh, sometimes, but a lot of times, I find myself just sitting, staring at at uh, blank paper or or the keyboard. That's
2: interesting because that never happens to me. I'll find a lot of ways to just kind of like fuck around and not write but when I need to write I
0: write. Yeah. Yeah. Well that's the thing about you. Yeah. Yeah. Is it?
2: You know, I was talking to Ken Lizebnik about this because Ken yeah. Lezebnik is he's also a writer, a, a writer and a, yeah. and a, and like very like, prolific, uh, like me, he's written a lot for television. Yeah, and like when you're on a deadline like that, you just get good at just cranking shit out.
0: Huh? So here I am laying bare the fact that I have a hard time.
2: Right, compo- and I'm just kind get, of making uh, you feel small. I think. exactly. Yeah, you know,
0: I have a feeling that if I were laying on the ground bleeding,
2: right, and uh, I would say I never bleed,
0: and I needed. <laughs> And I needed a bandage. Yeah. You would come over and say, Boy, Poundstone's a funny name.
2: (laughs) I would give you. I would give you. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) That's badinage. I need a bandage. That's.
2: Well, I need a new house.
0: (laughs) No, bandage.
2: All right. Well, we have someone here who might be able to talk you through your writer's block. Francesco Gotcho is a graduate writing coach. I love your name, Francesco. (laughs) is a graduate writing coach at USC's Annenberg School of Communication she's been teaching and tutoring since 2006 which is around the time you started your second book yeah and is currently a doctoral (laughs) candidate in English please welcome Francesca Gaccio welcome Francesca
4: thank you for having me thanks for being here now let's start with the basics what
2: is writer's block or is it a couple of things
4: um, a writer's block is sort of a catch-all term that we use to describe barriers to writing, and uh-huh. those barriers could be different things. It mm-hmm. could be um, uh, emotional, it could be sort of practical, um, or it could be a combination of both and all kinds of other things. Okay. So it's sort of a very broad term to describe barriers that stop one from writing or starting or picking up a writing task.
2: Okay, and why is it called writer's block and not write to patient
4: <laughs> probably because it does not sound as good. But oh, okay. I think we call it block. Um, it kind of um, is a quite modern term. Um, and our first sort of example of it was in like 1800s when someone called this sort of like a block. Like it's uh, it's something that is blocking this just fountain of creativity and words. Um, it's sort of this There's imagery. actually a block. There's a stopper There's in a there. stopper in is, is, the fountain Is that a biochemical of... <laughs> thing that we've discovered in modern times? Um. Yes and no. People are trying to figure out sort of cognitively how uh, writer's block sort of comes about or where it comes from, what part They've of the brain. They probably discovered it. They just haven't been able to write it down. <laughs> right. That's my
0: guess. Right. Every time they go to write about writer's block, just something yeah. uh, stops I mean, them. I'm working on this study for years. It I know is, I can is, help people. It's so frustrating when you want to write and you can't write. Um, now, I'm, I'm sort of... Uh, uh, pleased in a way to hear that you say the phrase came about in the 1800s because I think of it
4: as a modern problem well the concept of writer's block as having sort of a psycho analytic psychological influence or barrier, cause yeah. or barrier uh-huh. um is quite modern it's like from the 50s but the idea of writer's block is quite old um um Samuel Taylor Coleridge um wrote when he was 32 after he had written all of his, of his great poetry, uh, lamenting the fact that he hadn't written in like a year or that he only wrote a month's worth of poetry in the span of a year and sort of like, it's over. like My oh, life, my creativity has sort of dried up. Right. Um, and he never wrote poetry again. He wrote all kinds of other things, but he never really came back to poetry. And, wow. So his
0: writer's block mm. was... He permanent. couldn't. He didn't get over
4: it. He didn't get like a a coach of some sort <laughs> and work through it. He didn't. No, I, I I think his writer's block was quite specific to a jo- a genre of writing. So. Uh-huh. He, lost yeah. he lost his poetry. I have, yeah, views, yeah, I
0: apparently I have huge poetry writer's block.
4: Yeah, no, now
0: let's uh, let's because get to I've a specific zero po- poetry.
2: Yeah, I've written poetry and my I'm country. Ashamed of it.
0: My country western uh, song writer's block is overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because. Uh, Nothing. Nothing. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, but
2: so, that, yeah, there's specific writers blocking it. There's just the I can't write stuff. So what I want to do is I want to bring on um, Patient A. Um, she's a podcast host, but we'll disguise her mm-hmm. voice so that you don't know who she is. Yeah. What, and, and welcome, Patient A. Why don't you describe what your specific problems with writing is like?
0: Well, I think... Uh, like you
2: don't have a schedule, but...
0: Well, yeah, I don't have a writing welcome schedule. Welcome, Patient A. Th- uh, thank you very much, Um <laughs> I think I'll disguise my voice. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a writing schedule, but I, I often long to write, but sifting litter boxes and making a living has to come first. And I'm so fucking busy, I feel frustrated most of the time. Then, when all is right with the world and I finally get a chunk of time to write, I don't have a thought in my head. Is there a technique for combating that is my question.
4: Yes, uh, so you can try... If sorry. only Samuel, what's his name, had you. <laughs>
0: Taylor
2: Coleridge? Uh,
4: uh, uh, Taylor, was
0: it Taylor? Samuel Colouridge. Taylor Thomas. Sam, <laughs> not Samuel Taylor Thomas. It was Coleridge. He was on Home Improvement, wasn't he? Uh, yes. Yeah.
4: Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm with you, but, go ahead, but please, yeah. go ahead with your answer. Uh, sorry. Uh, sorry, I, um, just, I just poundstoned for a minute. He there. was
0: uh, engaging in some badinage that
3: <laughs> happens. <laughs>
0: Um, All right. So
4: sorry to interrupt. Uh, All right. So there is a a remedy. There are are ways that you can try depending on what you respond to the most. Um, You can try free writing. I I advise a lot of students if they're kind of just coming into um, writing with after a long pause from it or long break from it to just kind of jog your memory from where you were the last time you were writing to kind of um, get fresh ideas or even old ideas, but kind of rework them. Um, free writing could be really helpful to just kind of get you started. Do you free write? Um, I don't free write. Okay. I think it's because
0: I feel the pressure of time so much.
2: But like if you're not um, writing useful stuff, you're not mm, writing at all, and then you yeah. end up not writing at all?
0: Exactly. Okay. That's, it's as if you were on my shoulder every day while I try to do this. Yeah. Oh,
2: wow. Yeah, that's, that's exactly
0: neat. the feeling that I have. Okay,
2: so so I what I'm so, hearing Francesca say is that maybe – You should go ahead and write the useless stuff so that the useful stuff will come out.
4: Yeah, a lot of times writing through writer's block, a lot of writers sort of talk about having writer's block as not a thing, uh, not a real thing. Um, A lot of writers um, will talk about writing through a writer's block. So even if it's the ugliest sentence, even if it sounds really stupid as you type it down, or even if you're just writing, this is really stupid, I have no thoughts that I want to write, the act of writing and the act of getting thoughts on page, on paper, on page or on screen um, can be really useful to just get, get the juices flowing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I like that idea.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. Maybe you should do that.
4: I might. Is what there are- another technique? Um, another technique. Um, well, it was to make writing a habit, which I know would be difficult. To make writing a habit. Yeah. yeah. To, to I have s- 13 cats. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. you got to make sifting a habit first. <laughs> sifting
4: sift, a yeah. yeah, sift four
0: times a day. Um, four times a day? Yeah. Wow. Y- yeah.
2: You could I- only get them to all go at once.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. You know what would really be great is if I could find um, some sort of – uh, use for cat pee. Right. And I'd be so rich, I could have someone else sift for me. Right. And all the time in the world to write. Right. And you'd corner the bar. Engage market in cat. whatever badinage I felt. <laughs> um, but we I don't could, live in that one, I It's free badinage. Okay. All right. So. Um, The spread of misinformation has fueled our cultural divide and increased our collective anxiety about the future. Tackling misinformation isn't a simple task, but it's important. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that's dismantling New Age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. On the show, a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic,
2: walk into a bar, and the bartender says, no, 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 it's not that old joke. They <laughs> dive deep into current events, such as RFK Jr.'s involvement in mainstreaming dangerous anti-vax rhetoric. Ugh. They crowdsource, research, analyze, and dream up answers to the problem with, get this, proven science as their ultimate guiding light.
0: I highly recommend you check out Conspiratuality's fascinating episodes on creating comedy in the MAGAverse with Jordan Klepper, or RFK Jr. flirting with body fascism.
2: And you've listened to a bunch of them at this point, Paul. I know, and you tell me you love it.
0: I, I do. They're, they're fascinating, and my favorite part is they use, wait for it, proven... science Science? and and if if there's any kids listening that's a class we used to take proven science as their ultimate guiding light i love that
2: from exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape the conspirituality podcast will help you stay informed about misinformation and help you resist fear tactics find conspirituality on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you get your podcasts
0: um. Yeah. So yeah, I like the idea of of, of having a schedule of writing, but it just, uh, uh, you know,
4: and then uh, I feel like a loser because I can't stick to the schedule. But that, of writing. that that is also another facet of writer's block, sort of this pressure and shame. sort of this shame and yes. anxiety, and yeah. how that kind of rolls so maybe into I shouldn't a be doing it naked. <laughs> maybe that's
1: <laughs> yeah.
4: It's the naked In writing front of the that's full
0: squir- length mirror. Yeah, yeah. that's what screwed me. Yeah, uh,
2: you shouldn't do that.
0: Yeah. while well yeah. eating potato salad. Right. Yeah, that's... <laughs> oh god, and it falls on you. And yeah, it's, that's yeah. a big mistake. Right so like, What's become of me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Potato salad on one side, and then uh, thick pancakes with syrup and butter on the other side. And you're just sitting there naked, naked eating in yeah, front yeah, of a mirror. It, yeah, yeah.
4: Maybe. Now, Francesca, that's is stick. that
2: a good writing technique?
4: <laughs> I mean, if it if it gets you writing, I yeah. say, it doesn't. Francesca. <laughs> Francesca is totally supportive
0: of, of anything. Oh wow! Whatever <laughs> yeah. floats your boat. Yeah, uh, I could say to her whatever right floats now, your you know, gravy <laughs> boat. What if I was, you know, what if I like drowned frogs while I was doing. And she'd be well, if it helps. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, let's talk about writing prompts. Not
2: bags of frogs or anything. But um, back in the late 70s or early 80s, there was a box of cards called a, a kick in the side of the head.
0: Do you remember that? Something She's probably like that. too young. When I wouldn't say but late 70s or, or it 80s. It was a
2: box full of writing prompts. And so nowadays, yeah. you find like uh, websites that give mm-hmm. you writing prompts and stuff. Um, are those helpful?
4: They can be. Um, like I said, they can help sort of generate ideas, um, get your brain sort of like loosened up, opened up into the idea of writing um,
0: there must be, and even as you speak about it, you say, your brain, open up. There must be a biochemical process because we are talking about it like a physical thing, mm-hmm. like the word block and open up your brain. And that is how it feels when it fin- you know when you finally sort of push past that. So there must be a biochemical. So what I'm saying is, is there a drug I could take? <laughs> uh, because it sounds like there is some sort of biochemical process to writer's block.
4: Do you recommend drugs? <laughs> I... I I'm not qualified to recommend any drugs. I am only a graduate wow. writing coach. Wow! Okay. Uh, Boy, so I... She is good. Wow. Um, yeah. But there. Have... I don't play away.
2: You don't recommend drugs.
0: I don't. I don't. When people think they're more creative because they're stoned or something like right. that, I. Uh, I don't. I, really I, I would buy beg that to either. differ. Yeah. Anyway, but anyways, I do feel like drugs aren't the only way of counteracting a biochemical process. There's exercise. Dickens used mm-hmm. to uh, walk. Miles and miles and miles and miles. He would walk and he like would t- write insufferably long books. <laughs> yeah, he would walk like 20 uh, uh, miles a day. Right. Uh, he would walk sometimes 20 miles a day. Which is
2: exactly how I feel when I try to take on, like, Bleak House.
0: I love Bleak House. Yeah, well, you
2: have time to do it because you're not writing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I back up and reread parts of Bleak House. I try to use it as a prompt. <laughs>
2: so, my morning prompt is going to be Bleak yeah, House. Yeah, yeah. It's three weeks later. Now I'm ready to start. Yeah, that yeah. slows
0: me down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, no, I, I love Charleston. Tix- Does exercise help?
2: You're going to say maybe.
4: I mean, it, 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 could. it could. Yeah, it yeah. could. I mean, it, it, so as, as far as the biochemical um, aspect of it, there have been studies where they're looking not necessarily at writer's block, there but were, at... Oh, did they take like several writers <laughs> who couldn't write and put
0: them in chairs with like electrodes on their heads? Yeah, I love that. And then that they idea. would try to write and they'd be like, I can't, I can't. <laughs> Is that what they did?
4: Not, not quite. No. Uh, but okay. they were they were tracing sort of the bra- uh, blood flow to the different parts of the brain. Uh-huh. Oh, blood um, flow! <laughs> blood flow. That's what I need. Right.
0: You know, I've been wearing a badinage on my head <laughs> while I write.
2: That, that that's a tourniquet. I mean, it's a bandage. bandage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like how you took the words from badinage and turned it into tourniquet. Yeah. There we um, go. All right. Sorry, I interrupted again. Okay, so. They, they, there are studies. They're studies. Studies where they check the blood flow of the brain. Blood, the blood flow to the right. brain.
4: And they found that. Um, so they, they did a study where they gave three words to the participants and they were asked to form a story around those three words. And they saw that the parts of the brain that lit up were the ones, as we would expect, um, related to how we process language, the left side of the prefrontal, pre, prefrontal cortex. But then they also saw that the right side of the brain was also lighting up, which is related more to how we connect. Uh, dissimilar concepts to each other okay so where we kind of generate ideas from like this is a green cup and this is a blue house what's the relationship between the two and right. sort of this story creation uh-huh. part of our brains yeah um and so they inferred that you know writer's block might be related to a similar sort of dysfunction or like cognitive so, the, the, overload in that part of the brain
2: oh okay in the, in the part of the brain that forms the association yes right the right brain
4: I mean, I think I've told
0: you before that uh, when I'm trying to remember something sometimes, like particularly a conversation with my daughter one time, I said, who's that actor, the really good looking guy he was in <laughs> To Kill a Mockingbird? It starts with an M. And she said, Gregory Peck. And I said, yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Is that
0: that kind of yeah. thinking that you were just referring to? I, I would
2: say probably No. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but I'll let Francesca answer this.
4: That sounds a lot more about recall or sort yeah. of memory
0: storage. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Um, but the way things connect in my brain, sometimes people can't understand. Like Adam often thinks I'm switching topics, mm-hmm. and really, in my head, I'm not switching topics. Right, but in fact, you are. No, not if <laughs> not if you're in my um, Ed, you know, yeah, in the way that I think <laughs> my lazy river. Uh, right. uh, you, the, you the flow of my brain makes these things totally related whereas sure. you think I'm skipping around. It
2: feels a little disjointed but I'm yeah. aware that it makes sense to you if it that's does. any help.
0: You can tell by the happy look on my face.
2: <laughs> yeah, when you're, when you're babbling on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Babbling on. Yeah. yeah. You see the respect.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. I, I have to say I do get that your thoughts all connect.
0: Yeah. Mostly just, it's they just
2: do. just not in an orderly fashion.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So, as a but podcast there's no co-host so that is problem. I thought that Sometimes. what you were describing of these two sides of the brain was that was that this sort of connections that other people don't see. But did I did I misunderstand what you no, were saying? No,
4: and, and what you're describing is sort of associative thinking. Like this made me oh, think I of you started this to other thing say sociopath.
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm so glad it was associative thinking and not sociopath. I feel better. Um, uh, associative thinking. Associative thinking, yeah, that's you do that. What does that mean?
4: So it's when you kind of think of an idea that makes you think of something else, yeah. where the connections or the that's why her they might, name it, is it might appear thinking, Poundstone. <laughs> it might appear disjointed yeah. to others, but in your head you're, there's a link. Um, yeah, exactly. And that could be very helpful in sort of story generation and thinking about how one concept relates to another in a different way that most people might not think about. And so that is creative um, thought. Maybe There's that's the key to your writer's
2: block at times, in that you're such an associative thinker that when you sit down to do a particular task, it's a little more difficult.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. I'm trying to write and I just keep thinking about my my career in hematology. Right, but you don't <laughs> oh, in point of fact have. thinking. All right, so you think writing p- prompts are sometimes helpful. And you started to saying before I really interrupted that There have been studies, uh, and it has something to do with the blood flow. Am I right about that? Yes. The blood flow in the creative thinker's brain. Right. So Uh so you need to
2: get your blood flowing a little bit.
0: Got to get my uh, blood flowing. Adam was talking earlier about this thing of writing on a deadline. Yeah. Um, I wanted to get to that. Yeah, that's. Are there people who respond well to deadlines and people who don't?
4: Yes and no. I think there are people who are motivated by deadlines and that sort of gets them cranking out all all the text or the content that they need to make. Other people are intimidated by it. And so they find different ways to manage deadlines, whether it means breaking things down into smaller tasks and then setting up smaller, more manageable deadlines. Um, so it depends on, you know, if you respond to pressure or you respond yeah. to, you know... Um, a different kind of motivation. I
2: I love deadlines. I mean, when I know something has to get out the door, that thing gets Mm -hmm. out the door.
4: Do you think that it impedes people creatively,
0: though? I mean, it's one thing to get some words down on a piece of paper and say, there, did it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's another thing to really create something that has great quality. No, it isn't.
2: (laughs) It oh, very there's much my is. problem. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now I see. That's why I'm not good at writing. When I was
0: in like uh, uh, middle school uh, or junior high, um, we used to have this class. I forget what it was, but the teacher wanted us to journal, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I, well, two things. A, I was lazy and B, I just felt like she, she would say, I'm not going to read your journals. I'm just going to open it and make sure you've written, but I'm not going to read you. Write whatever you want. And so I would just write words not connected in any way. (laughs) Did she ever find you out? She didn't. But if she had, I'd be like, aha, you were reading it. (laughs) (laughs) Good thing I didn't put my personal thoughts.
2: Well, you know, that's a form of free writing. That Francesca was talking about just moments ago. Yeah. You could pretend that you're still trying yeah. to get revenge on that teacher and maybe get your creative juices going.
0: Yeah, maybe that's the way to do it. But, yeah. I, I know, but wait, I want to go back to this idea about the difference in quality, because do you think there are books that were done on a
4: deadline that could have been better if there was not a deadline involved? Oh, that's... That's a difficult question to answer, because Dickens wrote on a deadline every week yes. um, for his serialized newspaper. I have that's a how you theory got Blink, Dickens. That's how, you, that's how we Dickens have it. was paid
0: by the word. And I have a theory that, especially because oftentimes- He was putting on a deck? I write <laughs> <a deck>. Exactly. <laughs> I have a I have a theory about Dickens that he, the beginning of his chapters are sometimes very, very wordy, very, very descriptive in a way that you're like, okay, I'm not sure he needed to do all of that. And I have a theory that he would go, okay, just paid the rent there, and now I'm going to tell the it's story. It's possible.
2: Yeah. I want to submit another theory because, um, as you know, my, my late mother was a uh, prolific novelist. Uh, she wrote a lot of historical romances. And- when she read the beginnings of a book to me, I started noticing, and then her editor started noticing that every book started with several pages of weather. Really? And finally, like her editor uh, over at Signet New American Library is like, You just gotta, you know, write that weather stuff and then don't send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Start on page six because that's where your book starts.
0: Oh, just wow. Kind of so yeah. like
2: she would get herself psyched into the novel by, by just really setting the scene weather wise.
0: Uh huh. So she did a little free writing. A yeah, free, she wasn't she being paid did, by the word. Yeah, yeah. she was like, uh, yeah. So she did a little free writing just to get the juices going. and was yeah,
2: beautiful, moody stuff about the... I mean, it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just a Weather Channel report.
0: Yeah. Was she like that? Like, as your mom, would she open the door in the morning and go, Adam, it's so lovely out here. There's a mist and, <laughs> no, you know, no, she was it's, not a... it's hanging low in the air. And there's a feeling about the town of... Uh,
2: no, uh, she did not engage in meteorological badinage. That was not no, her thing. No, no.
0: Uh, Actually, what I was thinking about was um, Grapes of Wrath. Grapes of Wrath has the strangest ending, and in many ways, very, very unsatisfying. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, it's not a happy ending. There's almost no resolve at all, excuse me, in Grapes of Wrath. But the weirdest thing is the very last Thing that happens in *Grapes of Wrath* after the Jodes have, you know, their family has been pared down by
2: spoiler alert, the, listeners. Yeah,
0: by the difficulties of traveling to California from Oklahoma during the Dust Bowl. Uh, uh, they were staying in a boxcar, as you recall. There, there was flooding. <laughs> I'm seeing Francesca not recalling. Rosa that. Sharon. Rosa? No, she is. She's recalling. Rosa um, Sharon. No. <laughs> I'll help you. The weather was difficult. Oh yes, I remember. Yeah, there was flooding. Rosa Sharon had just. Given birth to a stillborn baby the waters were rising they realized they have to get out of the boxcar they walk up a hill they find a barn they go in the barn there's a man Holy starving shit. to death and rosa sharon <laughs> breastfeeds the man everybody else leaves her ma tells her she has to rosa sharon breastfeeds the starving man and the last line is um a mysterious smile came across rosa sharon's face
2: yeah, that's a weird ending.
0: <laughs> that is a weird ending. Yeah. And you know what I me, love
2: about it though is that you could tack that ending onto just about any book.
0: Honestly. Yeah. But to me, that's the editor saying, John, it's gotta be in by today. It's got how many how much more do you have to do on this? said you know what? Just finish it. And he went, Okay. Rosa Sharon mysterious smile came over Rosa Sharon's face. I mean he clearly did not complete what happens after she breastfed the man. Now, Francesca, I'm going to give you a moment to, uh,
2: an opportunity to comment on that, but (laughs) also stipulate that you do not have to. (laughs) Well, here's the other thing. I am going to give her a moment. (laughs) (laughs) You can't, here's the other thing when when we're giving her, Francesca, what say you about that?
4: I'm not sure I Over to you bounced <laughs> I, I got
0: let me just tell the listeners a mysterious smile cast came over Francesca's face. Right. <laughs> um yeah, it's a weird ending, and it's clearly written by a man, too, by the way, because there's not a woman in the world who would think that after breastfeeding a starving man, a mysterious smile crept over any character's face. That is the thought of a man, hands down, is it not? I,
2: it's not the thought of this man. No,
0: you're, you're not, that doesn't occur to you? It, no. Yeah.
2: No, it, it would never have occurred to me to write that ending, but I think yeah. I'm going to tack that onto all my books at this point.
0: Yeah, a mysterious smile. It's came not just over a mysterious r- smile, it's
2: the idea that here's a starving man all we have is my daughter's breast milk that's a little weird yeah because i don't see how that's going to help that starving man
0: well unless it becomes a regular thing
2: right but you know again again i mean like breast milk is generally about enough for an infant yeah yeah
0: well i don't know but it may be produced based on you know Oh, they, but
2: the book le- ends there, so we never right. find out yeah, if they we, develop we a We never breastfeeding know if that works. Francesca, not. do you have <laughs> anything on this stuff? Because I feel like we've wandered far and far afield. I don't think we have. How can a man subsist on breast milk or a woman for that? <laughs> Maybe if you could, you know, somehow fabricate it into breast cheese and stuff. <laughs> Other breast dairy products.
3: <laughs> Fromage a breast. <laughs> I'm
2: guessing.
4: Jesus Get ready for the Miracle of Mega, a comedy podcast from the staff of a fictional mega church.
1: And and not only does he f***, but he's the best at it.
4: I'm Holly Loren.
1: And I'm Greg Hess.
4: Our characters, Holly and Gray, welcome a new guest each week, played by some of the biggest names in comedy and podcasting.
0: Like Scott Aukerman, Lauren Lapkus, Paul Scheer, Jason Manzoukas, Cecily Strong, and Duncan Trussell.
3: I just love to think about that the light shining down on all those corpses in the water and Noah just going by and maybe, maybe a mom being like, please, we're running out of energy. Can you please let us on the boat? It's
1: completely improvised, and it's devilishly funny.
3: Is there any question you have for us about, you know, what it means to live a life in Christ?
0: I guess, how much do you think is bullshit?
1: There's a new episode every Sunday.
4: Listen and subscribe to Mega, wherever you get your podcasts. Best I ever had. Best I ever had. Y'all can do it. Y'all can do it. Y'all sing along. You we, know I'm saying? Here you go. Jesus, you the best. Jesus, you're the you best. You to be the best. Jesus, you're Jesus, the you're best. The be- okay, best never
0: mind.
3: Best I ever had. Best wow. I ever had. All right, Hi. we've, I think we've this walked is, this interview down no, down the plank at this so. point. I
0: think this is a good point to bring up that female lemurs can drink from their own breasts. Can they? Yes, they're wow. they're long and tubular, and they just <laughs> flip them up and have a pull. Do they really? Yeah, I've seen it.
2: All right, yeah. I'm ready to end this And right then a, my,
0: a <laughs> mysterious smile comes over their faces. <laughs> the end.
2: That's a probably place to end it. Thank you, Francesca Gacho, for, for getting us on Block. Paula, based on that, um, what advice can you give our listeners about Writer's Block?
0: Omar Leva, could I have a little background music for my summary about Writer's Block? I have to finish this summary about Writer's Block in just a couple of minutes. Some people are motivated by deadlines. I don't think I am. But another method of combating writer's block is free writing. I'm sitting in the studio with Adam Felber, Tony Anita Hull, Omar the House Band, Ray Horseman, Ken Lezebnik, Bonnie Burns, and my dog Sirius. There is a fan giving out more noise than comfort behind me, and a microphone wearing a clown nose right in front of my face. I haven't peed in 30 minutes or so, and yet I need to. I wonder if I have a bladder problem, or I'm just getting older. Is everyone my age about to pee all of the time? I should do a podcast from the restroom at the airport. I could just interview the woman in the stall next to me, and and the guest is kind of catch-as-catch-can. Hi, it's me, Paula Poundstone. Down here. The microphone is down here. Do you know what writer's (laughs) block is? I don't think free writing helps me. All right, Francesca Gacho
2: is the graduate writing coach at USC's Annenberg School of Communications. Francesca, thank you so much for being on the show.
0: Thank you, Francesca.
2: All right. Coming up next, oops, I made a terrible mistake. Our corrections department will set something straight. And Ken Lizebnik's America takes us cross-country again. That's coming up right after this. The cat of the week is Mooncake from Kitchener, Ontario. Thank you, house band Omar Leva. Man, I, I just, I just love having you here, Paula. We pride ourselves, you and me, on being a strictly factual podcast, right? Absolutely. Yes. So when we make an error. Unlike other podcasts, we own up to it.
0: Unlike other podcasts, unlike almost everyone in the nation, almost like <laughs> the, 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 the entire administration leading the country, <laughs> right. yes. Which means it's time for, oops, I made a terrible mistake. <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> I now feel like I've made another mistake. All
0: right. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic.
2: So, so that there's a very fanfare I want. <laughs> Every time I'm introduced. So Paula, uh, we both made a mistake, or did we, when we tried to pronounce your vocabulary word "viva voce"? No, it's "viva voce. Now we argued about this, and yes, I think we we, did. we we reignited the argument the next week.
0: Um, you I, said we, said we had some
2: badinage about it. We had some badinage, but it was a full-on argument too. Yeah, because I believe that it was. Pro- I,
0: I punched Believe. you right in the fucking head you over did. this. You punched me in the head. Yeah. And, um, you had it coming, man, because you were saying you say "viva v- voce." He
2: said it was "vivosi" or something. No, or... I
0: say it's. Excuse me, I take it it's not "viva." It's "viva voce."
2: Wow, and I, to me, I didn't know for a fact but it sounded wrong. I thought it was more like a "viva voce" kind of thing. Yeah, it sounded. But um, it's "viva voce." Well, look, it, we listener Christian. What do you Brady, think?
0: I made it up. I looked it up in the dictionary and had the pronunciation
2: right. But your dictionary doesn't have a cover. Right. I'm guessing it might be the great big book of mispronunciation <laughs> No, uh, it's is not what's true. written on the cover because listener Christian Brady posted on Facebook that the word is pronounced Viva Voce.
0: Mm-hmm. That's and how, that's what we call yeah, the, that's or, how Christian pronounced it. Yeah, he with wrote his friends.
2: He wrote Viva Voce is what we call the oral defense of your doctorate at University of Oxford. I defended mine back in 1998 in Oriental Studies.
3: Oriental studies. Well, that's
2: what they called it in 1998. <laughs> Whoa. That is going back a ways. Yeah, but um, that's what he called it. Huh. Viva voce.
0: Yeah. And what he doesn't say um, is that he got a C. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it was because of egregious mispronunciation. Yeah.
0: As, as, as uh, people were listening to his presentation, you know, they circled that word and they put a little, you know, miss beside. They said they put a see me See, we
2: we do we do agree that this show should be factually accurate. Yes. But we often don't agree on what those facts are. Well, Even I mean, when I can
0: remind me. And I'll bring the dictionary in. Yeah, bring so, the dictionary. Okay. In. Here's why I know that it's Viva vosi, Okay. Because <laughs> I didn't make it up. I wrote the pronunciation down as I read it, and there's no way I, I could see if I just wrote the word down and didn't write down the pronunciation. But I wrote the pronunciation down.
2: But you came up with vosi as your pronunciation.
0: It's vivavosi. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. I and like so, that you don't,
2: and that's the difference uh, between me and you. you know. Is because like I don't. I often. I often will back down, and that, that brings us to our next one.
0: Yeah. Here's well, I just want to say to Christian Brady. Yeah. Uh, thank you for being a listener, and there's no shame in being wrong. Uh. Apparently there is on
2: somebody's part.
0: I'm not wrong. It's by of I It's possible that, you know, there's two different dictionary. One dictionary feels one way. It's half feels McCoys, which right. means, by the way, that Christian and I have to break up. But uh, right. um, I'm telling you, I wrote it. I'm going to bring it in.
2: So you're saying you were corrected by a listener and you're saying fake news.
0: No, I would never say something that Trump says. Okay.
2: Um, All right, so here's a mistake I made, and it's gotten me some blowback, right? Um, it was, again, related to one of your vocabulary words, rotundity.
0: Rotundity, yeah, yes.
2: Yeah, and, and uh, I think uh, I said at one point, most drag queens are kind of svelte. And you followed up by saying, what? Yeah. You called me on it right away. Yeah. And, you know, you were right. And, in fact, on that show, <laughs> I then said, I withdraw that. I'm just yeah. saying that most i Because seen- I
0: pointed out, why would you know the size of... Of lots and lot of every drag queen, I, 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 and you know, I and it don't. turns out you've gone around the country. No,
2: uh, I on haven't. A, on a
0: little float that you have, yeah. it's a wheelie thing with flowers on top, um, that you go around the country on. Um, Playing going, music
2: that I hope will attract drag queens.
0: Go no, you go into uh, clubs with drag queens and measure them.
2: Yeah. No, That's and I was I was, I was, I was basing it on a on a very limited data set. Yeah. Like the time in the nineties when my friend and I happened to wander into Marie's Crisis Cafe and it was time for their Easter bonnet competition. Oh, and that yeah. was a that was a thin bunch of drag queens. But but I was absolutely wrong, and I said so at the time, but it's still there's blowback coming on. Yeah, um, yeah. you're um, pissed
0: off. Uh, Dumplin' Honeychild.
2: Listener, Dumplin' Honeychild, God bless you, took note and posted this on our Facebook community tab. Quote, there are plenty of rotund drag queens, Adam Felber, you silly man. And Dumplin' included a photo adding, and this one would never be referred to as also there.
0: And it's and true, man. I've You'd seen see her picture, and yeah.
2: she is not just also there. Yeah, she is a hundred percent there. Yes. And I
0: I'm gonna apologize again. She is the main there.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an amazing picture. Is it up on our website? It's up on our Facebook page. So definitely take a look at at uh, Little dumpling, Honey Child, and thank you so much for writing in. And Paula, that's what it looks like when somebody admits they were wrong.
0: If I was wrong, I'd gladly admit it. It's Viva <laughs> Vosi.
2: Viva Lastly, and I don't know if this is a terrible mistake or if you were just at a loss for words, but your struggle to describe our show was actually captured on tape on yeah. another show.
0: Yeah, I do a lot of interviews and radio shows and podcasts, and I often try to describe our, our, our show, and I've just never been able to do it adequately.
2: Yeah, we've been having that contest. People have been suggesting things, and uh, I, I, well, let's listen to how well you did here. Okay. Besides the stand-up, what, what else are you doing these days in the well, NPR show?
3: I know this... This this does not separate me from the rest of the pack any more than does breathing oxygen and not eating my young. Um, but I do have a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a podcast called Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, and it is a uh, it is a comedy podcast wherein we you know we uh, we share also uh, information. We have uh, experts in different fields come on and talk to well, us I'm about really it. Yeah, whatever may be relevant, frankly, to my life. Um, for example, we've been. Uh, Exploring the mold in my bedroom closet for, for a while now, several aspects of it. I don't think it's good. Um, the mold, not the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't immediately a, a, and, go um, on their computer to yeah, listen. Yeah, I spent a lot what of time doing phone? that. And, and I work <laughs> yeah. the road. I'm out uh, two or three nights a, a weekend, and uh, I do one night in each place, and I'm off again. So the, mostly what I do is um, pack okay. and fly.
0: Wow. Yeah, okay. that was so I was, that just was telling a, my whole yeah, my whole life. I was telling my whole life. Wow. So, and that, yeah. that was
3: your answer
2: to your question. What's your podcast about? Yeah. Now you're worried about the mold in your closet and you're also on the yeah. road. And, I, that's
0: yeah. compelling. That yeah. description is compelling. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. I think just from playing that now, we're going to get extra tune in. Really? I was thinking people that are going to go buy- back and re listen to this episode just so they can hear that description again. I
2: honestly think it's more likely to cost us listeners.
0: <laughs> you think people? Are I think, gonna gonna like, just, oh, now
2: that she frames it like that, why am I wasting my
0: time
4: on this? Yeah. Podcast? yeah so
0: then, th- this is why we've turned to the listeners themselves and asked uh, people who have a. A concise, and that's hard for me, a concise uh, and compelling description of our podcast to uh, uh, post it up on our Facebook page. Yeah, send it
2: in or email it to us at nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone at gmail.com because clearly we need help with a concise, snappy, succinct description of our show. And there just may be a bar of Paula Poundstone autographed hotel soap in it for you.
0: You know, you always forget the adjective. It's fresh hotel soap.
3: What? Yeah, it's
0: fresh hotel soap. How do you know? You're stealing it from a hotel room. No.
3: Well, Doesn't no, have I an expiration went,
0: no, date on it. It's, it's still fresh that it. you just took it. Is my point. I oh. don't want people to oh. think like I bathe with it, and then I'm like, yeah, I have this. There's a certain um, segment of our listenership that would like that. Uh, Tony Anita Hall, who was the listener that we sent, that we rewarded them because they were. Was it? Did they have a description? Is that what it was? Yes. Somebody had a terrific description, of which really you did not use it. in that
2: uh, aforementioned
3: interview.
0: No, uh, that must have been a long time ago. And uh, <laughs> and it. so we sent them a hotel soap, and then they wrote to us and told us that um, it came postage due, right. uh, that was an oversight on our part. Yeah. That will not happen again. That was our bad. That's yeah. definitely
2: on in the yeah. oops, I made a terrible mistake department. Who was department. the guy?
0: What was his name? It was Scott, Scott Franciscus, Franciscus, which so, now
2: now you're suddenly on this page where we're gonna, just going to have Scott Franciscus pay for all our shit. Yeah, now. he's
0: paying any shipping that we do. The 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 bill for goes directly to Scott Francisca's. It's, it's
2: bad enough that we extended soap postage to now we're billing him. I love that all right. Scott Franciscus. Well, um, keep those descriptions coming, everybody. And Paula, what's he is com- our Deutsche Bank. He is our Deutsche <laughs> Bank. When nobody else would take a risk on us, Paula, what's coming up for you?
3: Ah. Uh,
0: well, on August sixteenth, Adam, I'm going to be at the Cape Cod Melody Tent in Hyannis, Massachusetts, and on August seventeenth, I'm going to be at the Clayton Opera House, and guess where? Clayton, New York. Wait, did
2: you say Clayton, New York? Yeah. Well, we were about to uh, launch into in, in, into Ken Lizebnik's America, you know that that travelogue segment we've yes. been doing, and by outstanding coincidence, this week Ken Lizebnik is taking us. To Clayton, New York. What are the odds? Th- that is such a freakish coincidence. It's staggering. Let's start the road trip we call... Can <laughs> <Ken> Lezebniks America?
0: <laughs> you kids get in the fucking car.
1: Ready for a road trip, everyone? <laughs>
0: Get that dog out of there. We're not taking that dog.
1: I'm so excited to drive us up scenic Highway 12 to the little town of Clayton on the St. Lawrence River. Oh. Hey, what's the
0: matter? Don't you love upstate New York? All I care about is getting my commemorative
1: spoon of the Thousand Islands. We'll get you that spoon, Janice. I know you want to add to your collection of precious Americana. Timmy, Nellie, got your seatbelts buckled? I always do.
0: Timmy, buckle up for safety. i a to hell, Nellie. Nervous Nelly, Nervous Nelly. Shut your cake hole, buckle the damn belt If he does it too tight, he gets carsick. I do not Do too Do not Do too Do not not Too
1: Kids, kids, improve your notch! You try having light-hearted banter with a dork
0: Mom, he
1: called me a dork, but Timmy's the one who gets carsick.
0: I got the big roasting pan ready if anyone gets carsick. Or has to pee, bladder gladder, nelly.
1: Hey, hey, look, look, kids, we're approaching Clayton. It's a quintessential Thousand Islands River Village. I want my commemorative spoon. Janice, I bet they have great commemorative spoons here. They might celebrate famous residents of Clayton like Albert and Joe Bouchard, founding members of the band Blue Oyster Cult.
0: They grew up here? You think they have a blue oyster cult
1: commemorative spoon? Could be. I'm so excited about visiting the antique boat museum. Do we have? I'm hungry. Don't
0: let him eat in the car. It's a disaster waiting to happen. Hey, you
1: know, we're in the birthplace of Thousand Island Dressing. Oh. Hey, look. Look, there's a restaurant selling salads featuring Thousand Island Dressing. I'll, I'll pull over.
0: They don't need a fucking salad. I just want to get my spoon. I'm so hungry. Food! Food! <laughs> Food! Hey, hey, Timmy, Food! Timmy, Timmy, Food! Hey, here you
1: go. Here you go. Look, it's a nice... Food! It's a good... Look, here it is. It's a nice salad covered with the signature Thousand Island Dressing. Whatever, I'm starved. Okay, kids all buckled up, let's hit the road again. Off to the St. Lawrence River and the Antique Boat Museum. A little curvy here, oh sorry. Oh. Oh no. Oh look, we're passing by the Clayton Opera House. It's an historic brick structure overlooking Uh. the St. Lawrence River. Hey look kids, they're advertising an appearance by legendary comedian Paula Poundstone on August seventeenth. Gosh, I'd love to get tickets. I don't give a shit, slow down! He's gonna hurt!
0: Give him the roasting pan. Hurry! Oh, sweet Jesus! Take the fucking roasting pan! (laughs) I dropped it! Damn it, Nellie! That's fucking dressing! Oh, no, it's going to be a thousand island up, Chuck!
1: Timmy, Timmy, hold on, hold on. I'll pull up in front of the opera house. Look, we can get our Poundstone tickets. Julie! (laughs) Julie!
0: Holy shit, it's so (laughs) gross. (laughs) The mayonnaise!
1: Oh, the finely diced onions. <laughs> They're hurling all over the dashboard. Oh <laughs> Well, Janice, I see an antique shop across the street. <laughs> Maybe, maybe you no. Know, you could get your commemorative blue blue oyster cult spoon, while I get a bottle of Mister Clean and wipe this up. A dog beat you to it. <sighs> Perhaps another day you'll get your commemorative blue oyster cult spoon, Janice, and maybe someday we'll see iconic comedian Paula Poundstone at the Clayton Opera House. But for now, let's drive on. <coughs>
0: On this day in unremarkable history, Ulysses S. Grant said, it's not really civil if people are shooting at each other, is it? Hey, I'm Janet Varney, and like many of you, some more recent than others, I used to be a teenager. In fact, just about all of my
4: friends were, too, including wonderful women like Alison Bree. I'm dead center on the balance beam. And this is like a big gym. All the kids' parents are there watching. I have to stop, like, you know, when you have to pee so bad and you can't even move? And then I just go. I just pee right in the middle of the high balance beam. (laughs) So join
0: me every week on the JV Club podcast, where I speak with complicated, funny, messy humans as we reminisce about our adolescences and how they led us to becoming who we are. Find it every Thursday on Maximum Fun.
3: Have you ever watched a movie so bad you just needed to talk to somebody about it? Well,
1: here at the Flop House, we watch a bad movie and then talk about it. Yeah, you don't have to do anything. We'll watch it and we'll talk it. We do the hard work. Featuring the beautiful vocal talents of Dan McCoy, Stuart Wellington,
3: and me, America's Rascal, Elliot Kalin.
1: New episodes every other Saturday at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts, dude. Bye-bye.
3: Bye-bye.
2: Welcome back, all you nobodies. Now, Paula, uh, any message this week for the fans listening to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone? Well, he asked with some dread in his voice?
0: Adam, I don't have to tell you how much I enjoy doing our podcast. I love and it I, too, Paula. I know you do too. And when I'm performing around the country, people come up to me and tell me that they are nobodies who listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Yeah, It makes me so happy. The truth is, though, that we can only continue to make our podcast if our listenership continues to grow. Uh,
2: yeah, it sounds like you're winding up towards another... Sample listeners.
0: Well, I know many listeners aren't sure how to talk to their friends and loved ones about listening to the podcast. So I've written, you're correct, Adam, some simple, simple simple dialogue dialogue that I think might help. Try this. Okay. Listener's friend. Oh my God. I saw you on the Orlando Channel 5 News last night. I couldn't believe it was you trapped on your kitchen counter by an alligator that had wandered in through your open doorway. Are you okay? Listener. I'm fine, thanks, listener's friend. Oh, my God, I'd be freaking out if I was you. The cops had to come. An animal rescue and your kids and husband had to stay at a neighbor's until they could catch the thing around the mouth with that rope with a loop on it. I'd have been freaking out if it was me. I'd have been freaking out, but you seem so calm. Listener, I was calm. Listener's friend, yeah, I know, but how is that possible? I mean, you were trapped by an alligator, and the cops had to come in the animal rescue, and it took forever to get the rope with the loop on the end around its mouth because it was snapping all over the place like like that, yeah, like I, that.
3: I, I
2: think we get it at this Listener's
0: point. friend, yeah, yeah, excuse me, listener, I'm going to tell you something I've never known how to tell you before. Right. I listen to... Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast. An hour or so of laughs each week keeps me calm in the face of daily stress. The hardest part is getting time alone to listen. Sometimes I listen during my long commute to work. Sometimes I listen while I clean the house. And sometimes I force my kid and my husband out of the house just to get some time to listen. This time I put a trail of huge chunks of raw meat going from the man-made pond in the center of the apartment complex to our place. And I left the door open. Listener's friend, boy, you must really love that podcast. I'm going to try it. Okay. So Um, this, I think, will bring... So many more listeners. Well, there was an alligator in the in the, no, in no, the no, lake no, oh, in Chicago.
2: Uh, uh, yes, there was. Um, so what you're saying is,
0: so that's another few Any listener of
2: listeners. our podcast who finds themselves calmed by our podcast, yes, and then is in a dangerous situation. Might do a dialogue that is something like this, though not specifically this.
0: No, let me back up. Uh, maybe okay. you didn't understand it. No, I so, think I what's do happening is. It. Yeah, I know. I get the plot. There was an alligator, and she was trapped on her counter, and her friend, the listener's friend, saw right. her. But on for the Channel actual 5 listeners out there, news. they
2: can all take. Unless, that you're saying it's a calming thing and if you're in a dangerous situation you might be able to tell your friend hey i was in a dangerous situation not unlike having an alligator in my kitchen or being stuck on a window washing platform or yeah. you know any kind of dangerous situation
0: you're c- well, speaking metaphorically it would, metaphorically keep, people, it would here. keep people calm during yeah i think yeah. that yeah yeah if okay. you need to extrapolate it out like that oh i think yeah. you do i think <laughs> <laughs> i think you really do
2: especially when we got to that trail of Raw chunks yeah, of meat? Yeah, she put
0: raw chunks of meat and left the door open so that she would be trapped right, on the counter. She purposely and got herself into danger. And that way the husband dangerous... and kids had to go to the neighbor's house. Okay. Yeah. So this is going to bring—I think by next week, our numbers of listeners should be up. Yeah. Vastly.
2: Yeah, vastly. Vastly. I mean, vastly for yeah. everybody who's been Already on Channel 5. Already,
0: we're— Already we're, we're high on Maximum Fund's list of oh, yeah. shows. We
2: are one of Maximum Fun's flagship programs.
0: They apparently had uh, some sort of a weekend getaway. That yes, they Max FunCon.
2: I saw that about that on the They didn't even invite us to. We did to. not get invited to it. Yeah. But we are, they were
0: all John they, uh, Hodgman and Jesse. Uh, and, I, I uh, don't know Jesse, who was there.
2: I'm guessing Jesse was there. Jesse, sure.
0: what's Jesse? Lizebnick. J- no, Jesse, what's? No, <laughs> Jesse Thorne. Jesse Thorne. Yeah. They were in the tents together and yeah, zipping and unzipping. And all the fans and, were there, zip And there was lines Kindling. And yeah. and and they were singing, around the, folk fire singing around the fire and, and
2: that's how i picture it i, yeah, I don't really know and we know. were
0: just not even not Lef, even invited left off the guest yeah, list yeah <laughs> we had to, we had to find out on their website it that we weren't
2: asked to speak or perform there because there were yeah, performances yeah we weren't asked to come watch the performances. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, we were. They didn't even ask us to bring a wisp room to yeah. clean out uh, the tent. Right. Like, yeah, you know,
2: it, it would have been insulting if they'd said, could you come and make breakfast for everybody? Yeah. But I in some have, ways that would have been better. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. have minded
0: that at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, I make a good
2: omelet. Yeah. All right. Well, nobody's remember that our email address is nobody listens to Paula Pounce on a
0: gmail.com. And you can find me and Adam on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter.
2: All right, that's our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam the Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull, who did some great acting tonight, I thought. Technical direction by Ray Horseman and mixing by Anthony Alfaro. Special thanks to tonight's house band, Omar Leva. Great to have you back. Please come back again. And thanks again to our guest, Francesca Gacho. This week's security muscle is provided by Ben Lezebnik's friend, Tyler Burke, and not by the late Jonah Knuckles Glickman Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me for your special Paula Poundstone discount use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com
0: That's our show for tonight Won't somebody please listen to me?
2: You know I took a year of, um, of simulated retching at
0: Bada In order to Yeah Yeah that's why they didn't invite us to that event. I'm still steamed by that. They didn't want to They didn't want to hear vomiting outside the tents late you know, at night. It's, every, it's just Adam practicing.
2: So you're saying now it's my fault that we didn't get invited?
0: No, I don't think it's your fault. I think they just didn't want us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I'd say I didn't want them either, but I, I totally would have gone. Maximumfun.org
3: Comedy and culture. Artist
2: owned. Audience supported. Hey, everybody. As longtime listeners know, when Helix Mattresses first started sponsoring our show, Bonnie Burns somehow got the drop on me and made off with the first mattress. But in the intervening years, I have gotten myself a Helix mattress. I've had it for almost a year now, and it has improved my sleep. It has improved my life. I could not be happier. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux collection, which I have, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, which is a mattress designed just for big and tall sleepers, and they even have mattresses made just for kids. Now if you're like me and you were a little nervous about trying it online or like Paula, who was screaming in fear of buying a mattress online, don't be. The Helix Sleep Quiz takes into account your individual sleep preference to match you and your partner with the perfect mattress. I took the quiz and I ended up with the great mattress for a side sleeper, the Helix Midnight Lux. Take my word for it, everybody. The Helix Midnight Lux.
0: Oh, don't want to take Adam's word for it. I don't blame you. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash
2: Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula, and use the code
0: HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Paula. Paula, I invited you over, but (laughs) you fell asleep.
2: Helixsleep.com slash Paula, and if you're going to do it anyway, use our code.